0: Day, then sports coverage and entertainment after hours. The Biz 1440 KYCR Golden Valley. With S R N News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. The futuristic B-21 Raider warplane has taken its first flight, moving it closer to becoming the nation's next nuclear weapon stealth bomber.
1: The Raider flew out of Palmdale, California, where it has been under testing and development by Northrop Grumman. The Air Force plans to build 100 of the warplanes, which have a flying wing shape, much like their predecessor, the B-2 Spirit. But the Raider will incorporate advanced materials, propulsion, and stealth technology to make it more survivable in a future conflict.
0: That is correspondent Jeremy House reporting. The plane is planned to be produced in variance with and without pilots. Shoppers in China have been tightening their purse strings. That's raising questions over how faltering consumer confidence may affect the annual Singles Day Online Retail Extravaganza. Big shopping day in that country. More of these stories at srnnews.com.
2: I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. Less division and school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Minnesota.
1: This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association.
3: That's 800-949-8708.
0: The Ramsey Show. Never use a life insurance policy as an investment vehicle. 100% of those suck mathematically. There is never a case where leasing a car makes sense. Never do payday lending. There is never a case where going into debt at 18% interest on a credit card makes sense. These are all stupid things. They go in one bucket, the stupid bucket. No-nonsense financial talk. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 here on the Biz 1440.
4: Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary.
0: Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy.
4: It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. The
0: process of getting inflation back down to 2% has a long way to go and is likely to be bumpy.
4: Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve.
0: If you're going to fix complicated problems, you have to learn how to fix problems first.
4: Now, here's Professor King Banyan.
1: Good morning and welcome King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. I forgot to turn something off. Hang on a second. All right, don't bother me with that anymore. Kept my work email open. Never a good idea. <laughs> You're trying to do a radio program. King Banyan, show the biz 1440, 651-289-4477. Number call with questions and comments. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven on Veterans Day. Uh thank you to all veterans uh this day. Um, my uh, my family history on my on my uh both my mother's and father's side is replete with uh people who served in uh, during World War II with in Korea, um and uh and onward there just aren't that many of kids from my generation um that uh that that were serving at time served uh during during the time of vietnam um so uh we did not uh have that 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 experience uh but uh dad was a tank driver Um uh, his brother uh was in the merchant marine during world war ii and went down uh on his ship the uh uh, the, the Henry Bacon uh, around Murmansk, um, and he survived that, but uh, but uh, wasn't exactly the same fellow uh, he was during the war. He was only he was only eighteen when he was on that ship. Uh, so thank you for uh, service uh, to all veterans everywhere. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. It was a slow economics news week. There was really only a couple data points. We had had both, last week we had both the jobs report and an FOMC meeting. We were chock full of news. This week, not so much, until last night. Um, There had been some reporting earlier in the day of, of, uh, Sort of the, uh, an observe, observation around Manhattan that um, a courier was, or a couple couriers, were going back and forth around the financial district in Manhattan carrying USB sticks, going into banks, uh, and coming out and then riding around again. And it turns out it was connected to a ransomware attack on ICBC which is the industrial and Commercial Bank of China okay so this is a Chinese bank with a very substantial presence in the United States in the financial district. It is in fact uh, a, a, I believe it's a primary dealer I gotta go look at the primary dealer list. I'll do that during the break I forgot to do it uh, before the show but it is a it is a primary dealer. I believe. Uh, so it trades in in U.S. treasuries. And often what happens is treasuries are traded, and people will say, Well, what's why is this so important? Banks frequently manage their liquidity by buying and selling liquidity on the market on an overnight basis. So I will I will basically sell you a sell you one of my treasury securities you will put cash into my account which i can then use overnight to meet my deposit outflows to meet my reserve balance requirements to meet my cash needs generally speaking and then on the next day i will buy my bond i will sell you the bond on one day take cash and the next day I promise to buy back from you that very same bond and give you your cash back with a tiny bit extra, which is the interest on the overnight loan. So apparently on Thursday, and I will use their initials ICBC. Um, for okay, not not to try to hide it. It is it is the US it's the US branch of a Chinese bank it is a it is a very very large bank and participates in this market uh, every day they get one of their people in IT gets gets the gets the death screen um, let me see if I can find the uh, what the language of it was like gets a screen um, now I'm looking for it um, the screen says something to the effect of, um, of we've, we've caught you, all right? We have this, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to find the language of this thing. The screen comes up and says, many of your documents, databases, videos, and other important files are no longer accessible because they have been encrypted. Nobody can recover your files without our encryption service. As the as Bloomberg describes what happens next, it's a nervous call to the C suite. A bunch of experts come into the into your your IT room, uh, uh, and then the insurance broker shows up. The lawyers come in, and apparently this is this is what happened to ICBC on Thursday. So they had already been engaging in that overnight treasury market or sometimes it's called the repo or repurchase market. Um, and they were they they were uh, they were they were caught and so to undo the transactions, they couldn't use their computer because that would have then exposed them to more liability. They might have ended up infecting someone else's once, you know, if word gets out that you've been hit by a ransomware attack, nobody wants your email, right? You can't. You pretty much are all locked down. And and so they had to do an evaluation. Now, it appears, according to re- reporting from both Reuters and Bloomberg, that the, that the group that put out this ransomware attack is called LockBit lockbit is based in the netherlands most of the people that most of the hackers working for lockbit are russian speakers so there's a tendency to call it a russian a a, a russian operation and i have held i am not going to call them that per se because that would imply that somehow putin is behind it it's not clear that that's true it also it, it in 2022, last year, at the start of the invasion of Ukraine, these hackers had come out with some statement to sort of say, hey, we're neutral on this. Don't, you know, we're not helping Russia. We're not helping Ukraine. We're staying out of this. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but these guys might just be, you know, uh, I don't, how do you put this? Run-of-the-mill a run of cyber warriors or cyber hackers who are... Uh, um, cyber thieves, I think I should call them that, cyber felons, um, who just do plain old-fashioned extortion for money. It probably doesn't have anything more than that, but as I was telling Spencer pre-show, I love spy novels. This is the kind of stuff you write spy novels about. To see it happening in real time in your news feed is is engaging. So I could not... Stop reading about this story last night. Okay, I sat in my I sat in my chair in the living room for about 90 minutes with my cell phone, just trying to find whatever I could find about this about this story. It has been downplayed substantially by folks. I saw uh, a CNBC interview of uh, of the vice chair of the House uh, Banking Committee, uh, Representative French Hill. Um, and representative Hill, uh, took five minutes to say absolutely nothing. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have you listen to it, but I've, I've read, I have not heard an interview with, um, secretary Yellen, but certainly she's informed on this. What I think is super interesting is that they actually have identified Uh, A Reuters report that i if you follow me on Twitter, you will see I've tweeted out several stories. The last one I just posted is a Reuters story, which which claims to be an exclusive that was posted at 6 p.m. last night and then updated uh, a couple hours later. Um, The Federal Reserve operates, this repo market operates through something called FedWire. Okay, and it's just, a, it's just a, a closed communications network among banks that do business with the Federal Reserve and through, through other correspondents. Now, ICBC does not have direct, does not have, I don't believe, have a direct connection to Fedwire. If they don't, then they're probably not a primary dealer. I bet they don't, uh, but I'm going to double check on this. Um, during the break but their correspondent bank is Bank of New York Mellon or sometimes known in slang as Boney so I'm just saying that if you hear me say Boney that's who I'm referring to I'm not talking about I'm not talking about about skeletal structure Um, the okay so Bank of New York apparently was settling there was nine billion dollars that had to go from Someplace else to Bank of New from ICBC to Bank of New York to close transactions. It was long enough and late enough that Fedwire normally closes at four o'clock Eastern stayed open till seven, I believe, so that they could settle the trade. That that is pretty darn unusual. Now, as as you know or probably know because i have a very informed audience next week uh presidents biden and chi uh are meeting in san francisco there are preliminary discussions already happening at the at the minister level so the minister of finance uh of china and the treasury secretary yellen are in san francisco already and apparently have been talking about this there is really, I mean, what's impressed me is, that, or, or surprised me is, outside of the financial news networks, nobody's paying attention to this. This is actually kind of a big deal. You hacked a bank that maybe uh, meant that the Federal Reserve had to slow down. They had, they had issues with settlement on Thursday. They had issues on, with settlement on Friday. It's not normal for this to happen and somehow it all kind of slides under the radar. And I am I am thinking to myself, this is a story that I will I don't think it's just because I like I like particularly spy fiction that touches on finance. I mean, it's it's catnip for me. But any any time, I mean, I love all that stuff, but I think this story has has some legs to it worth paying attention to if you're just Go back. Using the hashtag pound KBRS on Twitter, I've tweeted out three to four stories about this. And I think it's bigger deal, and I'll talk about it in the next segment. It's a bigger deal than Moody's uh, putting a, uh, putting U.S. government debt on, on credit watch uh, with a negative outlook. That I don't think that's nearly as big a deal as I, I think this is. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440.
2: GodTube.com, inspiration, comedy, music, faith, and fun. Get the best of GodTube every morning and start your day with a smile. Great faith-based videos sent to your inbox daily when you subscribe at GodTube.com, a division of Salem Media Group.
5: You want to feel important? You want to be part of something bigger? Something that matters and that you can help change things? You want to feel like you belong? We felt that way too. I'm Sergeant First Class Chris Urick from Glencoe, Minnesota, and that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Minnesota Army National Guard soldiers. We are people just like you, and together we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit nationalguard.com forward slash MN to find out more. Sponsored by Minnesota Army National Guard, aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and this station.
0: Get ready for an unforgettable night of laughter with hilarious comedian Jeff Allen. I
6: married a tough one. Tammy's a tough woman. First thing she did when we got married was take my spine away from me. She keeps it in her purse.
0: Don't miss your chance to see Jeff Allen's Are We There Yet? comedy tour.
6: 3 o'clock in the morning. I heard a noise. Here's your spine. Go down and see what it was.
2: Comedian Jeff Allen will be in town on Thursday, November 16th, and you can save up to $10 per ticket. Just visit TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Call Christian-owned Total Financial Freedom now at 800-533-6605. That's 800-533-6605. 800-533-6605. The Christmas
0: Mortgage Miracle is back and bigger than ever. For six years, the Christmas Mortgage Miracle has made it possible to win next year's mortgage or rent. This year, we've raised the grand prize to $18,000 to pay for next year's mortgage or rent. Visit TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com to enter today. The Christmas Mortgage Miracle is sponsored by the Kingdom Builders. If you need roofing and gutter services, visit TheKingdomBuilders.com and support a local God-inspired business. Whether you're preparing for a typical Sunday morning or a special holiday service, you'll find an array of helpful creative tools from Worship House Media. From countdown timers to sermon illustrations, visit worshiphousemedia.com. That's worshiphousemedia.com, a division of Salem Media Group. Just about a year ago, I set out.
7: Well, they might
1: have been looking for a pot of gold in the wrong place. King Banging Show, the Biz Fourteen Forty. Um just I tweeted out one just one of the stories, and I actually uh brought this out from behind the uh Bloomberg payroll paywall for you. So if you just use the hashtag pound KBRS, you can see it uh, at the top of the feed right now. Um it is super unusual. Um for a Russian-affiliated outfit to hit a Chinese institution, because there's no real telling what the Chinese would do, and certainly China is no uh, no amateur when it comes to uh, cybercrime. Uh, they have their own. They have their own folks. They're very, very. Um, they're very. They're very, very skillful, um, but. But in the story, you will, see, if you read it all, you will see. Oftentimes, these cybercrime outfits have un- affiliated groups, um, who the the base organization, Lockbit, might not follow, or might not be tracking closely, and it may well be that they just had one of their affiliates uh, kind of lose their mind. So this piece is uh, this piece is out there. Um, uh, this piece is out there, um, and there's uh, – and, and we – so we know what this this is, uh, but still it's created quite, quite a bad hack. And if you don't think that they're serious about what they're – about this, apparently uh, this very same week uh, another corporation, Boeing, um, had also been hit by LockBit. After deciding, it would appear it would appear they decided not to pay the ransom. Um, their materials, Boeing's materials, are being posted on a website operated by Lockbit uh, right now. Just maybe, just to sort of demonstrate, hey, we're serious. If you don't pay us, we're going to expose your stuff, and it won't be nice. Um, so, I'm going to get off this story now. But I just think, I just thought at the top of the show, I would like to highlight something that that is this story is ongoing and i would not be surprised if you hear more about it on monday uh or and tuesday in particular and maybe even in into later parts of the week should it drag into the conversations that are going to happen between china and the united states uh midweek in san francisco 651-289-4477 number to call questions comments um I have a number of things to that that because this is a slow week. Okay, we got basically three data points that all sort of confirm my general view, which is the ability of people to produce to obtain credit right now is getting harder. On Monday, we got the senior loan officers' opinion survey, sort of. Uh, 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 um, or SLUS for short, it's a survey done quarterly by the by the uh, by the uh, federal by the Federal Reserve, um, and all of the data that's coming in is showing showing three things: one, the standards to borrow money are the standards through which banks are applying to qualify borrowers for loans are getting tighter. 2 there are fewer people coming in the door perhaps because of that high interest rate that they're looking at 3 the spread between the cost of funds and what banks are charging is getting bigger so we can look at a 4 to 5% rate on a on a treasury but the rate above that which a which a business wanting to borrow from a bank is going to be able to negotiate to, is significantly higher than that. The spread is out like, like an extra couple, an extra two percent, versus where it might be normally. Those are, those make a big difference. I was just back on 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 the market, uh, the car market this week. Uh, people know I had this long story that. Uh, about about my car being in a in a in a in a collision with a deer, um, and and we decided that the the car was not going to be a hundred percent in my head ever again. So we just said, you know what, let's just go get a different one. Uh, I love the car, I just didn't want that particular one, and so we just went found a different one and 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 tr- and traded them out. I was shocked to find out that I could get the same interest rate I had six months ago. Indeed, that's that's what made me decide, oh, well, if I can do that, then I will make this deal. Um, I thought I was going to be stuck with a car I didn't feel completely comfortable with for a few years. And it's like, nope, you can trade them right now. Uh, and that's worked out great. So, fine. Um, uh, that's, that's all well and good. The... But for most people, those interest rates have been higher so that number that number was reported, and it indicated that borrowing is getting harder both for commercial and industrial loans and for commercial real estate. We all know already you didn't need the sluice to tell you what's happening in residential um there too interest rates have been significantly higher it's been harder to qualify folks for buying houses there are fewer houses on the market at the same time because people are not willing to sell their houses and take a new mortgage at a much higher rate than the old one so there's that Um, that was the that was the uh, Monday that was the Monday information then on on uh, Tuesday we get the report on consumer credit and that comes out that comes out having increased uh at a pretty substantial rate so i have the new york feds numbers from uh from there uh mortgage credit card and student loan balances were all up okay student loan balances increased by 30 billion they're now at 1.6 billion dollars uh, but mortgage originations declined in the third quarter uh so those data the and according to uh, Dong Hun Lee who's the who's an economic research advisor at the New York Fed credit card balances experienced a large jump in the third quarter consistent with strong consumer spending and real GDP growth the continued rise in credit card delinquency rates is broad based across area income and region but particularly pronounced among millennials and those with auto loans or student loans so we're beginning to see strain coming on the coming on the consumer which as we said a few weeks ago when we did the gdp report that was two weeks ago we did the gdp report the this is all being driven by the consumer investment is investment is acting like it's already in a recession government spending is is stretched and yeah yes i know we uh, it's on Friday this coming week. Uh we approach a, another cliff uh for a government sh- for a government shutdown because we won't have passed spending bills. Trust me, they will pass one. Nobody nobody wants to go through what they went through last time. They will they will pass they will pass one again. Uh they're just they're it's just a game. Everyone wants to get to the cliff and look over the cliff and then like yeah, that's a deep cliff. I think we better walk back again. So they'll they'll pass something. I don't I, what it will be. I, I, I won't. I won't talk about that because I just simply don't know. And I get my only assumption is it will be a short term bill, and we'll just walk up that cliff again in another month or another two months. And if you want to know why, you know, Moody's has put us on a negative credit watch. That it's a pretty good reason for why they're doing that. Um. So that was the Tuesday number, which again was was just we had we had uh, consumer credit come in and uh, consumer credit report, and there really was not much else. Uh, initial jobless claims came right where we thought it would be, and then yesterday, Friday, along with the CIBC or ICBC, uh, ICBC ransomware attack, along with the credit piece and so forth. We then got the consumer credit numbers. I want to take some time to talk about this because those are the data that are leading some folks to believe a risk, you know, is suggesting that even though the consumer is extended, they're, they're spending a lot more on credit. They don't like what they're going through right now. And people are talking back to them. Uh, saying, you ought to like this economy. This economy is great. And here's the University of Michigan, which has done a survey since the 1970s, saying, no, actually, things look a lot worse to our consumers than they do otherwise. We'll talk more about that coming up right after these messages. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440.
3: That's 800-949-8708
1: welcome back King Banyan show the biz 1440 thank you for listening today I I'm production quick production of Spencer. Spencer in the chat can you give me a, a, a quick cut list uh, because I don't know how to call the numbers uh, We didn't do that beforehand So I will So I'm going to ask him on the air A little production meeting happening Before your very eyes here On the, uh, on the biz 1440 651 uh, 289 So Friday as I mentioned We had In the morning we had news Of this driving around <laughs> Manhattan with USB sticks Um which is how typically I used to take care of all my computers in my house. My computer has my my house has five different computers in it, and until recently, when I felt like I had a secure enough network that I was willing to uh, I was willing to link them together, I kept them all kind of isolated from each other, uh, though not isolated from the internet, and. Um, and and if i needed to move something from one one computer to the other it typically was was you usually see me around campus with a a lanyard holding a a a usb stick um and and just walking it from one to the other well it's just just something i picked up doing almost 20 years ago and i never stopped uh even though there are so many different ways to do it it doesn't mean i don't use a google drive or uh um use google drive or anything like that uh i just i i'm just used that's just how i'm used to doing it um but then in the morning um comes out uh the one piece of data that we expected to get which was um which uh, uh which w- which came out at 10 a.m uh eastern time nine nine central here, uh, which was the University of Mich- Michigan's Consumer Sentiment Survey. And I'm telling you, it had more to it than I had that I'm used to seeing. There was more in it than usual. Uh, as I mentioned before the break, the top line number in terms of, in terms of consumer sentiment uh, itself was pretty high. Came in uh, down sixty three point eight, much worse than had been expected, um, and and um, and it's the weakest reading since May. So the economy, uh, and, and so I was mentioning t- uh, with Spencer before the show, I had been predicting at the beginning of twenty twenty three that we would have a recession that would start in the summer, late summer of twenty three. Until May, I was super confident in this prediction, including the fact that when we got back the SCSU survey, the St. Cloud Area Quarterly Business Report surveys, those that we got in in late spring were pretty miserable. But then we started to get data that was like, no, things look not too bad in June. Things look a little better in July and so forth. And then we got... Then we got our own survey work. We got back around Labor Day, and it was like, it was twofold. One, the summer was actually pretty good. It it was much better than we expected. But they were still downbeat about the next six months. But then the September data comes, and it looks pretty boffo. And now we get the, the GDP report that covers July, August, September. And, and it has this blowout number near 5%. Uh, and and everyone's sort of, like, backed off their recession call. And, and, and I think to myself, well, what do – I? we will do another survey of businesses. That survey will – because of the holiday – here yesterday, that survey will go out early this week, and so we'll take the temperature of our local area businesses here over the next two to three weeks. But this suit, this University of Michigan survey, is a pretty important piece. Now, Joanne Sue, uh, who is the Joanne is the director of the uh, of the survey center at the University of Michigan that has done this. They've done this for. Again, this goes. but This is about a fifty-year survey. It's much longer than any than what we do. We're coming up on twenty-five years. Uh, they've been at this a lot longer. Um, and she's a. I, I will say, Spencer and I were talking. She's a good interview. Um, she actually gives some pretty interesting conversations about what's happening there. And what does she point to as the reason why these? this survey information came back much weaker than had been expected. Well, let's put it in, let's get her own words on this. This is on Bloomberg yesterday, cut number one.
4: I think there are a number of factors that are really weighing on consumers. The, the persistence of inflation is one, of course, and consumers do appear to be worried that inflation is going to pick up again in not just next year, but in um, in the long run as well. Um, but consumers are really being weighed down by high interest rates. Um, I think that you know, even though you know there wasn't a rate hike this month, um, consumers have been increasingly telling us that buying conditions for cars, for homes, for durable goods, um, that these buying conditions are really terrible because of high borrowing costs
1: and if you look at the if you go back and look at the data the one that stuck out to most folks is they always ask a question in this thing in this survey to say what do you think what do you think will be the average rate of inflation annually over the next five to ten years now a lot of that is kind of like you're asking people who are not necessarily economists, they're not business folks, these are not people with skin in the game so there are a lot of people that dismiss this when they don't like these data they dismiss it as simply these are just consumers treating them like they're ignorant any one person I might agree with you. Probably probably you're talking to someone that doesn't have a whole lot of information. But you're surveying hundreds and hundreds of people, okay? And if you've ever – a book I recommend to people to read sometimes is James Sirwecki's uh, The Wisdom of Crowd. Sirwecki, who's certainly no conservative, does, bel- does show that on average when pe- you get people with different sets of information – and you aggregate their their opinions up, you end up with something that's pretty close to that's close to as good as anything that you would get from a much smaller panel of experts. If you look at the look at what was reported, uh, and I tweeted out, I reach, I retweeted uh, using our hashtag pound KBRS, uh, Jim Bianco's uh, post from from earlier uh from from uh early yesterday uh long-term inflation expectations appear. okay this is what powell has said it, long-term inflation expectations appear to remain well anchored as reflected in a broad range of surveys of households businesses and forecasters okay that's what jay powell has said um, but That survey just came in with an expected inflation rate of 3.2% over the next 5 to 10 years. That is the highest reading that we have had since March of 2011, so more than 12 years ago. The last time we had a number higher than that was in June 2008 during a massive uh, 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 run-up of oil prices when the rate was at 3.4%. In June of 2008, then almost completely reversed as it, as we entered into the uh, great financial crisis, dropped down back below 3%. Now, this number almost always runs above 2%. And so there is probably some bias to the high side. But the thought that you have your, that unemployment, that, excuse me, that inflation expectations are fairly well anchored, is kind of belied by these data that we're getting from from the Michigan Fed, from, excuse me, from the University of Michigan, and it's not been below 2.7% uh, um, since uh, early 2022, and it's now at the highest level we've had post-pandemic. So, uh, Joanne Sue goes on, this was again on Bloomberg yesterday, cut number two.
4: We're seeing this also in gas price expectations. Um, you're absolutely right that gas prices have not been trending up recently, um, but at the same time, consumers are waiting for the other shoe to drop um, and are expecting gas prices to rise next year.
1: So that's that's the short of it. People are seeing these current low prices, but they're planning like prices are going to be higher next year. This even in part explains why you're seeing this extra burst of spending through the summer and fall, and running up of credit cards? You're trying to get what you want before the price goes up. You don't have an incentive to wait. You actually have an incentive to do it sooner rather than later. So, so the reaction to this is this this information, this observation has been really quite remarkable. Um, then. Uh, this really made it so remarkable that people are now pushing back on this. So I'm, I'm a fan of the work of Matt Taibbi, um, even though I would argue, politically speaking, he's probably about 180 degrees from me. But his discussion of how, right now, his focus has been on how mainstream media outlets. And experts, and I'm waving my air quotes that you can't see on radio, um, are telling you that you are not, in fact, understanding what really is going on. And in the next segment, I want to talk a little bit about one particularly egregious version of this that comes from our our good friend, uh, Dr. Paul Krugman will be back after this, The King Bangin Show, it's The Biz, 1440.
6: It's been a night, and I've been working like a dog.
0: All of us love sports, but not all sports are created equal. College sports have big budgets, dedicated alumni networks, and corporate sponsorships. Professional sports have even deeper pockets. Millionaire owners, lucrative TV and radio deals, and merchandise sales. High school sports have you. Everyone agrees high school sports give us plenty of reasons to cheer And now's a great time for us to give back. Supporting your hometown high school won't cost you much, but it will go a long way to ensuring the games we love the most are here to stay. Minnesota high school sports. They're good for our kids, good for our community, and best of all, they're good for you.
1: This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association.
6: Get ready for an unforgettable
1: night
0: of
6: laughter with the hilarious comedian Jeff Allen. Not only do I have attention deficit, I'm also a functioning hypochondriac. Don't miss your chance to see Jeff Allen's Are We There Yet? comedy tour. In those days I've convinced myself I need an ambulance, but by the time I get to the phone to call one, I'm a distracted four or five times.
2: Join us on Thursday, November 16th at Celebration Church in Lakeville. Go to TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com and save up to $10 per ticket. That's TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com.
5: I helps women wrestle with the deeper issues of their faith. Drop by for blogs and daily devotionals for women, plus articles on relationships, health and beauty, parenting, and more. At I
4: a division of Salem Media Group. I believe.com. Over the years you've brought opioids into your home. They helped when you were in pain and you held on to them just in case. But holding on to opioids puts your family at risk. Learn more at www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. All my
6: life I've been a working man When I was at school he said that's all you'll ever understand
1: Welcome back, King Banyan Show. The Biz fourteen forty six five one two eight nine four four seven seven number of call questions and comments. Um, I mentioned Matt Taibbi uh, before the break. I should actually tweet at you this particular piece. I'm I'm a reader of his blog. I find it uh, I find it uh, his Substack. I should say, uh, which uh, I there are pieces that are they're parts of almost every article. I go oh come on, okay because Matt's he left on a number of issues but on this point i thought he was exactly right Uh, paul krugman on thursday posted had an opinion piece that i think was i want to be sure i'll make sure it was printed in the newspaper uh actually it's in this morning's newspaper um uh history can explain the bad feeling the feel bad economy Um, So that is that is there. Um, And it's basically about, you know, a article he read from The Guardian. Which basically base People take polls, people take surveys like the Michigan survey where they say they feel bad about the economy and people are and and folks like Krugman are basically trying to, you know, econ splain. You know that this economy is really good and you people just don't get it what's the matter with you um as um, as uh, taibi points out um in the guardian they write they write the results illustrate a dramatic political split on economic views with republicans far more pessimistic than democrats but happiness about the econ- unhappiness about the economy is widespread Two-thirds of respondents reported it's difficult to be happy about positive economic news when they feel financially squeezed each month. Republicans said this 69% of the time. So what do you think Democrats did? 68%. Oh, well, that's a big difference. Um, as, As... as Tybee points out, I can't remember an instance of newspapers polling Americans about their feelings and then telling them their their answers are not only wrong, but ignorant. Um, the Guardian takes the additional hilarious step of blasting respondents for making it harder to sell the story that the economy's doing well. So, um, so, Mister uh, Dr. Krugman, Professor Krugman, goes through... Um, goes through that very same story, says, hey, first, Biden is not, in fact, presiding over a bad economy. Now, I actually gave a talk to a group last, not last week, the week before, in which I pointed out the economy in 2023 has been pretty darn good. I mean, I don't know how you can say anything else. And someone came up to me afterward and said, I'm so glad you said that, because all I hear from my friends is that the economy is terrible. I said, well, it's not, not terrible. Uh, just on the macro, it's not terrible. Um, uh, but but Krugman says, I don't think we really know. What we can say is that historical experience throws some cold water on one popular view about the sources of American discontent. Um, so, yet voters aren't happy. The most widespread story I've been hearing is that people don't care about the fact that prices have been leveling off. They're angry that prices haven't gone back down to their pre pandemic levels. Who is this? Right? But but he he sets up this straw man, right? That he's telling you, okay, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking the price of gasoline should go back to two dollars a gallon, and it doesn't, so now you're mad. Or, you know, eggs are still at seven to eight dollars a dozen you're mad and so forth but again he says he says this is the first time we've seen a temporary surge in prices that leveled off and never went back down same thing happened after world war ii and and again during the korean war the latter surge being roughly the same size as we've seen since 2020 uh we don't have consumer sentiment data for that period but people were relatively upbeat on the economy despite higher prices why should this time be different so he then gets to the dub of his his piece here's how i think about it the supply chain disruptions caused by the pandemic made it inevitable that the prices of some goods would rise sharply the only way to avoid it overall inflation would have been to force major price cuts for other goods and services and everything we know from history suggests that trying to impose deflation on large parts of the economy would have disastrous effects on employment and output. Something like the Quiet Depression Britain inflicted on itself after World War One, when it tried to go back to the pre-war gold standard. So he's making an argument for, well, yeah, we had easy money because we had to accommodate these supply shocks. So, right? That's certainly possible, but is that really why? So that's a good story. But is that why people are so negative about where the economy is right now? Again, they got people got their credit cards paid down substantially. They got money in the bank thanks to massive inflows of, of cash from the government that has borrowed it about. And this borrowing has seemingly not concerned people i spent a little time talking about the moody's uh m- about moody's putting government debt on on u.s government uh treasury's securities on a negative credit watch why because i don't think you i don't think many people care a few of my listeners will care here on the king banging show because they're those kinds of people but for the most part the public doesn't really care about what the size of that debt is until it actually hits them hits them like a like an avalanche sometime down the road um but it for now they don't really care about that but now they're seeing their credit card balances going up and i think that's the disease not disease but disease that our our consumers have they are looking at the balance is on their credit card. They're looking at the fact that they can't move because they can't afford to give up their 4% mortgage. And they look at all that and say to themselves that we have, you know, say my life is not as good as it was a year ago, a year and a half ago. It's okay to say that. And I don't think that situation looks anything like World War Two or Korea. Okay? I, I mean, you haven't taken out you haven't explained why people feel that way. All all his column really does is tell you, well, here's one reason why it might not be true. Yeah, okay. But the willingness of the of, of experts to tell you that you shouldn't feel bad about this economy, you should push back against that. There are reasons to feel bad about the fact that you need to spend more money to bring home a dozen eggs. And we'll talk more about that right after these messages. You are listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. I've got a math question
2: for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Minnesota.
1: This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association.
6: what happened? Now I take Relief Factor every day. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief to find out more about this offer.
7: Eight four four ninety four Bible. That's eight four four ninety four Bible. Eight four four ninety four Bible.
0: If it was nineteen ninety, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the twenty first century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in.
5: Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis.
0: It's time to throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM-1280 to Patriot hosts in high quality with Alexa and Amazon Echo. Your exclusive twin... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.